You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. mission statement of the United States Navy is to recruit, train, equip, and organize to deliver combat-ready naval forces to win conflicts and wars while maintaining security and deterrence through sustained forward presence. In today's world, achieving that mission means the U.S. Navy must maintain a high level of cybersecurity in order to protect its data, networks, and systems from malicious actors. My guests today are two distinguished naval officers on the front lines of that critical mission. Commander Brandon Campbell is Operations Director at Navy Cyber Defense Operations Command. Captain Steve Carrera is Commanding Officer of Naval Network Warfare Command. Commander Campbell leads off our conversation. And I'm the Operations Director at Navy Cyber Defense Operations Command. And essentially, um, at NCDOC is what we call it, um, we are chartered and responsible for protecting and defending the Navy's global array of, of networks across um, 180 networks, um, to be exact. And um, in, in that responsibility, we, we protect and defend against malicious cyber activity and advanced persistent threats. And we do that 24-7, 365. And then um, if there's actually an incident or an actual compromise on a Navy network, we're then also responsible for doing the risk analysis, assessing it, and then when needed, expelling the adversary from our networks. Captain Carrera, how about you? Naval Network Warfare Command's mission is to operate and secure uh, Navy networks and communication systems. Uh, so we do that uh, in our ashore uh, enterprise networks uh, and the ashore portion of our float networks. And we're also designated under Fleet Cyber Command as the commander of Task Force 1010, uh, which we have tactical control of the uh, command and control communications uh, uh, commands within the Navy. So I'd love to get the perspective from both of you. You know, the Navy's network has some uniquely difficult defensive challenges. When you think about everything that's on your network, you know, from data centers, office buildings, and then, of course, ships and airplanes, and the global distribution of all of that. And then also, you're dealing with many levels of classification. That's a big problem. And how do you come at that? Dave, uh, I'll start first. So that's uh, that's part of the reason why the Navy's uh, taken a more uh, agile approach, and we've moved to a more uh, zero-trust approach, is because of those complexities. You know, I think uh, for the longest time, we tried to keep uh, the adversary uh, outside outside the wa- walls of the castle, if you will. Uh, but we've realized over time that that's uh, uh, difficult, if not impossible, in a lot of cases. So we've 
increasingly adopted a zero trust approach where we assume the adversary is inside the castle walls and we've put controls in place to uh, guard the data and uh, information systems uh, from from those adversaries. To dovetail a little bit on that, um, you know, the, the Department of Defense recently just issued late last year its uh, overarching first ever zero trust strategy. And like Captain Korea just said, you know, the very first sentence of that strategy states that our adversaries are in our network. Um, so that's a huge that that's a huge uh, paradigm shift in how we look at, evaluate, and design you know, resilient networks, resilient and secure networks. So, in parallel with that, a part of that strategy, and the the Department of Defense has um, underlaid and um, implemented seven essential pillars for its zero trust strategy. And then with each one of those pillars. There are sub-activities, 152 to be exact, and and set a very lofty goal of achieving zero-trust capability strategies and principles no later than 2027. And the, the Navy is well on its way um, and, and helping pave the way towards those capabilities, aggressively modernizing its IT, as well as, as implementing cloud-native cyber defense and cybersecurity tools. So it's been a really exciting time, and I'm really excited to see the next, you know, uh, five years or so, as we as we modernize and get to 2027, what what the changes of our landscape and how we design and, and secure our networks are going to look like. How have you all been able to adapt? You know, you mentioned uh, moving things to the cloud. We also, of course, had the pandemic and had to deal with more folks working from home, uh, bring your own device, things like that. Uh, how does the an organization as big as the Navy? How do you adapt? To those sorts of changes that happen in real time, uh, Commander Campbell, why don't you start off? Um, yeah, so I, I think um, we we took a look at all different different capabilities and tools that were out there that were going to help us meet some of those those pillars and targeted activities. And you're right, scale is a problem for an organization as large as the United States Navy. Um, you know, we, we've been re- really successful at implementing um, endpoint detection and response tools. We've pushed out those capabilities to over 400,000 endpoints across the entire uh, global global sensor grid. So that's been really exciting to see. Um, we've also utilized uh, cloud-native SIEM and SOAR technologies to help build out and visualize and orchestrate what our data looks like. And that's been really successful for us in terms of um, helping our analysts and operators sift through the, the, the billions of endpoints and signals that they, that they get um, exposed to every day and whittle down through detections and automations what's really important for our analysts and operators. And then another big factor, uh, just like with any zero trust, is identity management. That, that is essential and, and a pivotal um, key aspect of, of implementing zero trust and being able to, to um, provide users the access, the resources, and the operations that they need when they need it and how they need it, and then able to be able to scale that back. And Captain Carrera? Yeah, Dave. Uh, so the Navy's, the Navy's journey on zero trust uh, really st- actually started with the pandemic, so it's uh, very apt that you asked about that. So we had uh, a, a requirement um, to increase the number of uh, remote, uh, the amount of remote work that was going on in the Navy because of the pandemic. And so that led us to use uh, some collaboration tools. Originally, that was a DISA CVR that we rolled out uh, across the DOD. But as the Navy looked for its uh, specific approach, because the services have specific needs, uh, we uh, decided to bake into our 
collaboration tools, uh, cybersecurity, uh, through uh, the Zero Trust uh, principles. Uh, this was actually prior to the DOD's uh, Zero Trust uh, strategy. And so we built a test environment, uh, which we um, configured, and we uh, uh, took a purple teaming approach where we had red team uh, try to uh, you know, pen test it and get in there. And then we made uh, our, uh, our sysadmin teams uh, actually configured it. So uh, through that process, we were able to really get a hardened environment, a test environment. And that's what we moved out on uh, for the Navy's uh, cloud environment, um, which we dub uh, Operation Flank Speed. And those were the core principles and the core configurations that we used. So it's apt that you ask about the pandemic because that's really what... Uh, started us on the journey uh, for cloud security and our cloud implementation, uh, which led us to a lot of other things uh, like uh, increased endpoint security that Brandon mentioned uh, through uh, using things like MDE uh, and other, uh, other cloud-based tools. I'm curious, you know, how does this all affect your average sailor? So I'm thinking of someone who is out on a ship who is supporting the mission. Just basic uh, things. Do, do, do sailors have access to Wi-Fi? You know, what, what's available to them and, and how do you uh, both keep them safe but uh, allow them to keep in touch with friends and family? Yeah, it, it depends on the, uh, on the specific uh, platform in some cases. Uh, I mean, it's obvious that a, an aircraft carrier has uh, more bandwidth and uh, different capabilities than, say, a, a smaller ship like a destroyer. Uh, mm. But th that is a challenge. Uh, it's been a challenge. But I think we're with uh, things like Leo. Uh, we're looking. We're looking. Uh, the Navy in general is looking at other options, and uh, we're we're definitely looking to harness uh, those things. Uh, but but from from a cybersecurity standpoint, you know, zero trust is. Uh, you know, they say it's a journey, not a destination, and that's definitely been the case for us. It was a simpler environment to roll uh, some of those capabilities out of shore. So they, uh, we were uh, the shore. Uh, our shore architecture was definitely on the bleeding edge, but uh, we're definitely looking at uh, and implementing uh, those types of approaches afloat as well. I'm curious, uh, Commander Campbell, have there been any situations where you all have come up against some sort of challenge where you just had to say to yourselves, you know, this simply isn't working. We're going to have to reevaluate how we're doing this and maybe come at this from a different direction. How do you face those sorts of challenges? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. You know, the, the Navy is not so unique um, where, um, you know, we're not going to get faced to get faced with, you know, the, the same type of challenges that, that many, you know, maybe your, your audience and, and private organizations are going, are going to face when, when trying to implement, you know, a, a massive change in culture and design of, of, of zero trust strategies and principles, you know, so, um, you know, you know, maintenance and, and, and upkeep are, are, are still an issue, um, you know, change management, new change management processes, you know, tech, technical hurdles that, that, Maybe we, we do have to, to work with, um, you know, uh, Captain Korea mentioned uh, Microsoft, for example, you know, um, where we've had to reach out to our private vendors to help us design and implement new solutions. So, so, so we've, we've faced those challenges and, and what we've tried to take, we've tried to be innovative and agile with that and, you know, and, and not be afraid of failure, you know, in terms of, you know, let's learn fast, let's try to fail quickly and then iterate and learn and, and get better. I, I would say, uh, one real important aspect that that has really helped the Navy in general is is the leadership that that's been involved 
just like any organization, you're going to have to have leadership buy-in if you're going to try to change the framework and, and the mindset of and, and implement capabilities like what's, what's required to achieve zero trust. So having the leadership buy-in, people like um, Aaron Weiss, the Department of the Navy CIO, Mr. Resnick, who's a program officer for uh, the Zero Trust Strategy, and then the, the Department of Defense CIO, John Sherman, their leadership and guidance um, have been essential. So um, if an organization is wanting to go down this journey as well, they're going to have to have leadership buy-in and then understand that it's not just a six-month journey. You know, it, it, it's going to be a long process um, and it, you're just going and there's going to be failures and challenges on the way. And you just got to roll with it and then and then learn and then try to iterate and, and get and then um, learn from that in, in order to be successful. Captain Carrera, I, I'm curious how much interaction goes on between you all and, uh, you know, your colleagues in the other branches of the military. I'm, I'm thinking specifically, I know the Army has uh, adopted a, a lenient bring your own device policy. Is that the kind of thing that you all keep an eye on to see how, how it goes for them over there? Perhaps something you could consider for your own sailors? Yeah, Dave, definitely. Uh, you know, the services, because of our unique uh, requirements, have uh, taken slightly different approaches, I think, uh, when it comes to cloud and cloud security uh, and even zero trust. Uh, but we do we do kind of keep an eye on each other, um, either directly or through uh, the DoD structure. In fact, uh, last week, uh, Brandon and I were up at um, up at Fort Meade at uh, JFHQ Doden's uh, Endpoint Security Summit, where uh, that exactly happened. The services kind of uh, uh, the DO, uh, including the DoD uh, DoD CIO and others, kind of uh, it was a, a sharing uh, session where we talked about our uh, own experiences and our own reflections, uh, kind of what was working and uh, what uh, wasn't working as well. Uh, to get that uh, that sharing between the services and uh, and the DoD structure, you know, there's that old uh, cliche, and uh, forgive me for using it, but uh, you know, a battleship doesn't turn on a dime. Um, do you all feel as though you have the ability to be nimble to to react to the things that are coming at you? With again, with an organization as large uh, in breadth breadth and depth as the U.S. Navy. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one, uh, Brandon. If uh, it's very perceptive, uh, but I, you know, in my in my career, that's generally been my experience. But I think it's it's changed recently, and so we uh, during the pandemic, uh, because of leadership at the top, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Weiss, uh, Miss Youngs Liu at uh, PO Digital, so our acquisition partners, and operationally on on our side, um, myself and uh, my predecessor uh, Captain Jody Grady decided made a conscious decision to move out uh, quickly on implementing cloud once we had a, a secure implementation. And we did so in, in, the, in the image of uh, DevOps uh, or Agile, uh, and our current framework is scaled Agile framework, so safe. And uh, we are definitely taking a more Agile approach. And because of that, uh, we're working together with ac- acquisition partners and engineering uh, in a DevOps type of model where we are able to uh, make uh, Agile decisions Make configuration changes in that DevOps type of approach, and for me, it's been it's been a revolution. Uh, you know, very much getting away from the traditional waterfall approach where we took where we took a, a long time to write a requirement, and then the engineers went back into the engineering spaces uh, and came out with a product that uh, wasn't uh, to anyone's satisfaction on the ops world, and a little bit dissatisfaction on the engineering world too. So we're in a different pl- place right now, where we're all working together toward a common goal. Uh, and it's refreshing to see. 
Commander Campbell, I, I'm curious uh, what your pitch is for folks who may be considering a career uh, with the Navy. We have a lot of uh, listeners who are students coming up. Um, there are unique challenges there of joining the service, but also some really uh, amazing opportunities. Yeah, there, there, there really are, you know, and, and I'm um, wrapping up my, my two-decade career um, here in the next few months, so I, I have done some reflection on, on that personally, and, and it is an exciting time, um, especially in the, in the cyber field, the cyber community um, at, at large. Um, there's a large modernization effort going on a, across the Navy. You know, I've, I've had the, the unique opportunity through my career, through working with SEAL teams to, um, to being deployed on ships, aircraft, and, and the whole host, the whole gamut. Um, so so it's, it's always exciting. It's always challenging. Um, there are a lot of educational benefits and opportunities as, if you just take advantage of them. Um, so I, I would encourage encourage anyone out there who's who's looking for a way to to, to get a little of excitement to do a very very important mission for our for our Navy and for the national security of of, of our nation, and and really just kind of em, embrace it and, and and know that it's going to be long. Sometimes it's going to be hard and challenging, but at the end of it, um, you absolutely will, will will be better off for it. Um, and then walk away from the rest of your life knowing that, that you've served your nation and you've done something really unique and special. So, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited and um, to what the future holds, and, and especially as this advancing career in this industry and in, in the cyber defense and cyber, cybersecurity space and, uh, and where it's going to go here in the next, the next five, five plus years. You know, Captain Korea, we have um, quite a few senior members of industry and government who listen to our show. I'm curious if you had the opportunity to ask, is, is there any support or assistance that you would request from those folks? Actually, Dave, the, the support has been, uh, has been great to the approach that we've taken. And Brandon mentioned this earlier, it, the, the leadership has, been, uh, has really leaned in on this and, uh, and, and they've uh, they put them, their money where their mouth is because they've really, really supported us on, on uh, uh, various approaches that we've taken. Uh, but also on the on the common decisions that we've making uh, we've made to um, secure the network, uh, and in some cases, you know, we've taken a pretty aggressive approach on security, which uh, you know can have impact uh, in some cases. But they've, uh, you know, we've kind of all worked on that together and finding that right balance. So uh, I just want to say thank you, actually, to leadership for the support. Our thanks to Commander Brandon Campbell, Operations Director at Navy Cyber Defense Operations Command, and Captain Steve Carrera, Commanding Officer of Naval Network Warfare Command. We appreciate them taking the time for us. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. 
Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.